What you want? The I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Um, you know, big padded eighties synth. Brown, 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 brown. I ain't got it. The real question is, like, what do you guys want? <sighs> I want. Um, I don't know. That's actually a really <laughs> sorry. <laughs> from Charlie XCX, like, what do I want from Charlie XCX? Yeah, I want her to keep partying. I don't want the party to ever stop. No, because lots of things I, do happen at parties. I think a your wish is going to come true. Um, so this girl at my uni, um, she walked past Emmanuel Macron a few days ago, and she like didn't even notice oh him. My God. Brushes he's with like fame. A, okay, a, degrees like, of separation. Milk <laughs> toast, like um, looking ass man and she said i was too distracted by like charlie xcx in my oh. eardrums screaming <laughs> oh about um, politicians are so what do you want? babies and car crashes mm. Mm. i live for that exactly. okay so for context today charles had the brilliant idea and i literally as soon as you proposed it i couldn't stop thinking about it of talking about um crash hot girls car sex um, the movie Crash by David Cronenberg, the yep. album Crash by Charlie XCX, um, yep. and all that comes with it. Maybe heavy metal lovers, maybe Gaga's a motorcycle bike, maybe Titan um, fucking a car, uh, being impregnated by a car. Pamela Anderson's sex tape with Tommy Lee. Yes, sucking yes. dick and cock in the moving vehicles. Exactly. Yes, um, Roadhead. Um, I, <laughs> that's the call it Roadhead. Um, and I find, okay. Guys, I prepared something a little bit special because I find that every time we do, like, a movie or, like, a book, any kind of, like, narrative review, we are so hopeless, and I get feedback on this all the time, at actually recounting anything. So if right, people right, don't right. know what we're talking about, like the movie Crash by David Cronenberg, they're going to have no fucking clue. So let's let's start with the plot. Crash, okay. 1996 by David Cronenberg. Does anyone want to yeah, begin? So- so I'll just preface, David Cronenberg is a Canadian director, very well known for um, creating these kind of um, body horror sci-fi films in the 1980s and 90s that kind of pushed the limits of like um, kind of transhumanism. Um, the turn of the century was really, I don't know, like on his mind and he was kind of looking at new technology and and what does that mean for bodies? What does that mean for like... Um, human evolution and all of these things and Crash is kind of like a kind of collision of a lot of these ideas um, pun the pun and um, and yeah I think I think it's really important to like look back at this film because we're not just like other Charlie XCX listeners who just listen to um, pop music we also do our homework and um, yeah Bob's I don't know stay in school did anyone yeah. We're critical theorists um, and hyperpopper faggots, you know? Yeah, we're mm-hmm. critical theorists first and hyperpop um, deviants second, mm. right? Precisely, or precisely. Or maybe it's like a cycle, you know? Like the critical theory sure. is fueling it. And it's a rise yeah, It's like that meme yeah, of like running up the hill to make a deal with God, running mm. down the hill to be with you. <laughs> it's like it just keeps circling back. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Precisely. Could so anyone the... give a summary of the story? 
Yeah, so basically, um, I'm I'm gonna call him James, and then the wife. I forget the wife's name. Does anyone know? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, her name's something Unger. Steph- the actress, Stephanie. Stephanie. I think it's maybe. I'm running with Stephanie. <laughs> Let's just run with. Stephanie. Let's call her Stephanie. Okay, so there's um there's James and Stephanie, and at the beginning of the film, the film actually opens um in an aircraft hangar, breast on a plane. Um, sex in the aircraft hangar, and then you see this is revealed to be James's wife. Um, she's like recounting the story to him, and then he gets involved in a car crash, and he sees the man die and the woman survive, and they end up in the same hospital together. They cross paths. There's a creepy dude. Um, they're like all scarred up. This creepy dude kind of takes these um, kind of medical photos of him and of his scars. Um, and then later on, the woman from the hospital and the car crash, um, does she like approach him? Do they like meet in the... No, they so they m- actually both go to the same junkyard to see their cars. It's really kind of like romantic in a way because they like first met when they were like face to face and like bonnet to bonnet. Oh yeah. In a and car her, like, when they crash, right? Out she, of when her. They no, no, she pulls it open and shows him. She flashes her like tit mm. in the oh, she car. She flashes. Accident. I thought yeah. it was like a I, I thought I flash. Yeah, I couldn't figure out if it was like something that she did or something that happened. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, the Well, the I think boobies... that's a lot of the film, right? <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> totally. And so they they um meet again after the hospital, um, in this junkyard where all these abandoned cars are after they get into these car wrecks. Um and they get more involved this um creepy guy gets in the picture and he's staging this like stunt accident illegal amphitheater like it's this strange subculture of people who are all really interested and i guess sexually turned on by Mm -hmm. cars crashing and they start staging famous car crash is did i get that like absolutely correct um, so they, who's the first guy? Is it like James Dean or something? James Dean. James it's like Dean, James yeah. Dean's Porsche, um, that accident and, they restage. And they talk about JFK. Oh yeah, yes. JFK. They were like, they oh, was that, a, was that a good one Mansfield. for you? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it's Jane Mansfield in a moment. Because then they like wind up at this creepy guy Vaughn's house. There's a bunch of other like car wreck junkie victims um in this house and he starts kind of talking about like transhumanism like pushing the limits of the body he has all these like weird diagrams and medical pictures of people's like scars and injuries after car wrecks rosanna arquette is there and she has like two Mm -hmm. leg braces and she's getting a pussy touched by um mrs incredible who's the woman from the initial (laughs) car wreck literally but she's Um, getting her like first pussy touched because she has two pussies remember one of them is in the back of her leg so she's got this incredible scar that you see in this one scene that just looks like a pussy and i think david cronenberg Charles is a pervert pussy looks like an actual scar and gash isn't that <laughs> what was battle axe axe wound isn't there like a slur somewhere like an axe wound gash gash oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> And then, you know, there's, like, all these kinds of, like, allusions to gashes um, visually. There's, like, this one car that is really jacked up and the kind of... um, He's, like, caressing and, like, kind of fingering this car that has, a like, a very, like, yonic-looking... Can I say yonic? Mm. You can and should. It's very vaginal Mm. in an interesting (laughs) way. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. and then um, and then we're um transported to from what I remember the like husband and wife Stephanie and James's apartment. Yeah, they are having sex. Um, <laughs> wait, don't spoil that bit. Don't spoil that bit. I think. Okay, we'll talk about that sex scene in a moment. They're That's having a really important sex scene. Um, and then um, we like learn more of the backstory of these like car wreck junkies and their habits and how they're mm-hmm. all attracted to these car wrecks. They're like um, veering off like the sides of roads. They're like staging accidents. My, one of my favorite bits is when they're like in this like car wreck junkie den house and mm-hmm. Vaughn, the creepy guy, is talking to the... <laughs> other guy who is like caressing his chest and like talking about how he like wants breasts made Mm. and how he wants to like feel the explosion of his breasts like as like sophie anderson (laughs) oh no no. (laughs) oh my god but yeah like sophie anderson can we we actually like admit that like those pictures of sophie anderson's breasts they were giving me titan vibes like, the whole Titan Wait, guys, moment. I haven't seen Titan yet. Okay, Lev. Well, I don't mean to spoil it, but basically no, Titan is, like, a premise where another very interesting film on the same plane of, like... Yes. Oh, my perversion. God. Y'all want to talk about weird sex movies? <laughs> Titan is up there. Basically, car sex, car, mutant baby... And um, it was the one that won pregnant. all the accolades at Cannes, right? Yeah, like it won the Palm. Yeah. Board. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But basically, there's this scene in Titan where she's like... So she's basically, like, um, wrapping up her chest. At, she's... She's, um, she's like, binding her breasts mask. and yeah. pregnancy. And pregnant belly. She's having this trans mask experience because she's undercover, because she's a serial killer. She's undercover in a fireman um, fucking... I don't know what to call a fireman place, but a place where firemen hang out. <laughs> she's fire undercover station? there and she's like binding her breasts and binding her chest. And she's really pregnant. Like she, her, her pregnancy is progressing fast. Oh so she God. starts milking from her chest, she, but she's not no, milking. No, she starts lactating. Lactating, but she's not lactating milk. She's lactating. Motor oil. oil. Oh. Motor oil. What? Black. It is so Sophie Oh Anderson's my god! There's something about situation. also yeah. I mean, look, this is that's a separate movie, but there, there has to be something about like plastic, microplastics that that lecture, yeah. you know, being being trans because of all the microplastics. Yeah, yeah. There's the chemicals that, in the water turning mm, the frogs gay. Yeah, um, petro yeah, capitalism, like, petro imperialism. Yeah, the estrogen leaking from the microplastics. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. So instead, now, what's happening in Crash is um, they're like fashioning like new ways to like have these bodies and have these bodies in these car crashes. So yeah. the next thing I know, we're like at a car crash scene <laughs> where. <laughs> Where, oh my god, I don't even know how to explain it. The car wreck happens and then they pull over and stop the car and the creepy guy's got his camera with him and he's taking pictures of this accident. And then in the like rolled over car, there is a, first of all, chihuahua victim. And then I thought, (laughs) and then I thought the bitch was scalped because there was a bloody wig stuck to the ceiling of the car. No, that Uh. was his friend. That was his friend who wanted to wear the breasts. Yeah, and he says to his friend, he says, oh my God, you couldn't wait. You did the Jane Mansfield accident without me. His <laughs> friend had gone and 
got her, himself did up in the James Mansfield, <laughs> Jane Mansfield drag to go mm. and stage this accident without his weird friend Vaughn, which pretty rude, IMO. Did and he anyway, at least, yeah. at least he was there to like take pictures of the accident. From mm. there, we moved pretty quickly between um, sex scene to sex scene to sex scene. Um, yeah. Well, it's I kind think of it's like actually... car crash, sex scene, car crash, sex scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did some um, research for you guys and I assigned like a Charlie XCX song to all the important sex scenes in the movies. Oh, brilliant. That's brilliant. a really, yeah, brilliant. Truly. Wait, so just question, did, did the, did, did, did the James Mansfield cross-dresser die in, um, in the car crash? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure that bitch and was I thought dead. It was because very also... theatrical. The way the wig was hanging. Bloody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was camp. It was camp. But also, like, I think the film. Another thing for all the listeners to think about is that it's quite ambient. You know, it's yeah. it doesn't have a very strict narrative plot. There's not a lot of things that are happening besides us moving through these scenes, moving through these encounters, and just really experiencing them. And really, the film concludes not with not not really with many not with um, a crash but mm. with a bang (laughs) 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 for context james is like kind of reconciling banging his wife who just had a car crash where her car rolled over into a ditch at the initial airport where he had his first car crash and it's like wordless there's like it's beautiful there's no dialogue and it like Mm. zooms out on them like fucking in the grassy ditch Mm. and all of the women in this film have the most like beautiful um like garter belt like um suspender thigh high stockings on and you get to see each (laughs) each woman's like no panties. Each woman's like beautifully manicured pubic area in their like uh-huh. various like shades of landing strips. Um, totally. Anyway, that final scene. Um, let me just see. So I think "Beg for You" is the song that I would assign to the final. What you want? <laughs> dun, dun. Oh my god! No, Wait. when they say, um, "Can I take you to the airport?" Make out under the bathroom lights. Um, it's also applicable no. to the opening scene, yeah. which is in an aircraft hangar. Was, yeah, I think Charlie XCX was making. So, by the way, she, this is not a coincidence. She really did call her album "Crash," and in the lead up to her album release, she was posting pictures like in these like tips mm. for new artists that were actually from "Crash." Like, so she's seen the film. There's an element of like deliberate choice to call it "Crash," I believe. Yeah, totally. I don't and feel that the album is a good fit, but but I but I want to hear your song. Sorry, Lev, you were going to say something. No, no, I um I was just going to say also like the the visual branding for the album, the photos that mm-hmm. have been circulating her in this bikini with like the perfect splash of red on her head on on the, on the hood of a car, um, are so clearly referential of this film. You know, totally. Totally. Sex like she looks and car crashes. She, she looks hot, she looks 80s, she's like severe brunette, um, mm, and it's uh-huh. a sexy car crash. Um mm, yeah. the like first like after the like after the movie opens in the aircraft hangar with the wife like getting fucked on the airplane, like on the like hood of the airplane, the next um really significant, like sequentially, the next really significant sex scene is between James, the husband, and the wife, Stephanie. Um they're fucking in the bed 
he's like he's like spooning her from behind and like fucking her from behind and she's dirty talking to him (laughs) and she's saying what is she saying do you remember any of the dialogue oh i i haven't written down oh great if you would mind quoting it please so wait this is the one where they're in the bed in like the beautiful purple sheets right yes yep so she goes have you seen his penis and then he goes, and they're talking about Von, the weird guy, the weird guy. Yeah. And really this Von character, as we watch the film, we really kind of understand that this guy is like, this is his life. This is his project. His mm-hmm. project is getting into car crashes. And mm-hmm. they're, they're both like kind of fascinated by him. And she asks, have you seen his penis? And then he goes, I think it's badly scarred from a motorcycle accident. And then he like moans really loud <laughs> and starts humping her her harder. And then it goes on. And then she starts asking him, being like, "Do you want to? Do you want to sodomize him? Do you want to sodomize him?" And um, yeah, but really it's like, starts. Yeah, and then she's like, "Do you want to touch his dick? Which hand are you going to use when you touch his yeah. dick? Like, what do you think?" But she's his dick using is this very like? like this very kind of distanced language where she calls yeah. his, she calls cum semen. She calls his his dick his penis yeah. she calls she calls everything in this kind of more kind of um doctored way of speaking but what i thought was really interesting was okay the implication of a scary mutilated man with a scary mutilated cock. disgusting disgusting but alluring cock she then says do you think he's circumcised and that kind of idea of mutilation is immediately shattered Stop that. by the fact that we are now like engaging with the idea that all cocks are mutilated you know what i mean and the idea of like scarification in um mass culture i felt was like really subtly gag put into the conversation gag. and i think that when we talk about like cut uncut and the kind of conversation around, like, the disgust that people feel towards, like, uncut cock. I think it's really important. You know what I mean? One of the participants like in the scene. podcast just put his hand up. <laughs> because I think people no, genuinely, like, okay, desire totally. uncut, uncut cock because it has this kind of, like, monsterish look to it. It's, like, scary and, and it looks... Um, animal or something. You know what I mean? People, like, have this strange relationship with foreskin. You know? Mm-mm. Yeah, foreskin is a complicated terrain. It really, really is. Literally. It's, it's a highly politicized one centimeter of tissue on the body. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a terrain I do not want to traverse without you guys. <laughs> without you guys holding my hand. Um, so the song that I assigned to that um, sex scene was New Shapes. Um, because, oh she, because she's talking to her husband and she's saying, what you want, I ain't got it, which is like in the refrain. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying to the force. <laughs> and, um, and when, um, Christine and the Queens comes on the track, or is it Caroline Polachek? I don't fucking know. When she says, um, what if you wanted to watch because we both know that now we are so close, we don't have to fight how we feel. <laughs> and that's about them. <laughs> And that's about the husband and wife climaxing as they're talking about of Vaughn's course. cog. Um, okay. Now, after that, um, what's really important... Laura, this is journalism. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm doing I'm so really impressed. important work here. So then there's like... Vaughn gets like introduced kind of slowly into this sexual relationship. And at one point, um, James is driving the car. Vaughn is in the backseat with his wife. Um 
and they're they're like sucking and fucking in the back seat while he's driving mm-hmm. and he has like mm-hmm. this really ambivalent kind of look on his face i honestly didn't quite know how to interpret that other than like she was like putting her toe in so that he could put his dick in you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i put um constant repeat to that song yeah. um <laughs> and the lyric and the lyric that i thought was quite relatable was when you're lonely Am I ever on your mind on constant repeat? Um, and that's about Vaughn. Um, that's about James looking into the back seat, desiring the couple that's fucking behind him. Okay, yeah. then the gag of it all is that Vaughn and James actually fuck. Not only do they fuck, but they like kiss on the mouth with like tongues and shit, and then start licking each other's tattoos. Now, uh, can I just say? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. This was nominated for an Oscar the same year as Brokeback Mountain. Big year for, like, gay kisses on screen, let me just say. First of all, when I first checked out this film, like, someone that I follow on Letterboxd said something like, the film is not bisexual enough, like, could have been more bisexual. So I went into the film expecting to be kind of baited without seeing anything or without even having anything really, like, enacted in terms of that storyline. But I really was, like, surprised that they took it there and it's yeah, really subversive. Like, yeah, totally. when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, like these are two men like making out. Um, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, Laura, was the way the sex scene was kind of choreographed felt exactly right to two men, um, to two men kind of desiring each other and like not really knowing what to do and just licking each other's yeah, tattoos. Right? I don't know. It, it really struck me as like these two heterosexual men who like suddenly in this moment were like, okay, let's have sex, but like, how do we do this? You know? Totally, yeah. totally. So this, the song that I put to that was um, Every Rule. And um, the cool. lyric that I noted was chemistry, something like magic, you were with somebody else long term. Um, and that's about <laughs> James with his that's wife. That's about, you know, the couple. Yeah. That's mm. about the couple. Mm. Um, other important mentions um, were um, obviously Rosanna Arquette and um, Holly Hunter's sex scene at the mm. end. Great scene. <laughs> incredible scene. And Rosanna Arquette, I thought, was a highlight throughout the film. I really I agree. She's great. Her. She's, like, so unafraid to, like play a like slightly deranged woman um lev and i both noted her um extremely beloved um maybe even notorious um recurring character in the l word and how she like really isn't afraid of getting her pussy touched by another woman on screen um which i just think is really good for the community she's also like the only person that's ever like gone face to face with madonna side by side um, yeah head to head seeking susan see also our previous episode i know gag Um, yeah, she oh my God. she played Madonna in Desperately Seeking Susan. Like she played the like double, like the, right. the like, doppelganger, um, which again oh was God, like right. really like misplaced desire, like confused identity. Rosanna Arquette's character in like this, she gets introduced to us in like the weird like crash junkie house, um, yeah. and she like is immediately introduced as like this like marijuana user. She looks like kind of disheveled, um, but then later on we like see her all dressed up in this car dealership where she's like trying to put on a show. She has like these two. Um, braces one brace on each of her legs which are mm-hmm. a leather and metal like they look Hot. made up to look like versace like <laughs> bdsm like fashion gear um and anyway the 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 later on um the sex scene between her and holly hunter is like completely decontextualized but i put it to um baby and i said i can see it in your eyes 
Um, I can see it in your I can see it in your eyes. You're nervous, but you know what you want. If you're feeling scared, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Very like. I don't, <laughs> I've never done this before vibes. Mm. Although with Holly Hunter, you I can don't never know. be sure. Yeah. Yeah, no. for so, summer. yeah, totally. Something yeah. for the girls, something for the summertime. Something for the girls, mm-hmm. something for the girls to like. Yeah, it was very diverse in that sense. It, it was definitely giving representation. On, I thought it was mm-hmm. bisexual enough. I did. Yeah, but I saw someone write that it's an omnisexual movie, and I really want to ask you guys what well. the fuck does that mean? What is omnisexual? I, does that just mean like attracted to anything? Now, isn't that pansexual? Literally, even a car? No, but like pansexual, you still are like not attracted to like every oh, single person. Oh, right, you right, know right, what I mean? Like, no, like these I'm people following. are like attracted to like every so, like, last everything. walking yeah. human being. It did have yeah. that spirit. It it really had that spirit of like, if you've got like a hole, like that's good enough, you know? Yeah. Like, mm. even if you've got a tattoo to like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter if that hole is literally in your leg because um, that'll, that's adequate you know any holes are gold they say yeah any crash any hole um can i just like rewind for a second um we missed one really important part is that this film is an is an adaptation of jg ballard's um crash a novel that was written like 20 years beforehand um but this is written by an english author and so i read i was reading up on the film and i like listened to some interviews and um and Cronenberg said of the book that it was really stale and um, quite uncomfortable. He like read the first 20 pages and put the book down <laughs> because he couldn't, it's about he couldn't sit through it. car crash victims who are like obsessed with sucking and fucking. Like that's I know, very uncomfortable. But like the man who directed this film couldn't sit through the book. You know what I mean? Like let that sink in. Um, and he said that the, the um, book had this very kind of clinical way of describing the car crashes and a very kind of uncomfortable and clinical approach to talking about sex and bodies and fucking. And um, I think it's really interesting that you relocate this film and you put it in Canada and the kind of the, the scenery and the feeling and the atmosphere of this, um, this place is really different to the setting and the kind of purposefulness of, of setting a, a book about car crashes in the UK. So I don't know what you guys thought of that, but I was reading that someone said that it was kind of like a, a coming home of these ideas and this kind of feeling because the relationship that you have to like a car is really dependent upon like where you live. And and I think if we look at like North America or even Australia by extension, the kind of like culture around driving and, and cars and the city and how the city is designed, um, and also kind of the like atmosphere of a place like Montreal, which is where it's set, I believe. Oh no, Toronto, maybe. I don't know. Um, I just thought it was like the color grading and all of this was really important. And, and the reinterpretation of the book was, um, was apparently quite different from mm. the original story. That's totally like Charlie XCX, you know, someone from the UK relocated. Right, she's the Again, follow-up. another she's parallel. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, and I think, like, by comparison, what you're describing about the book, the, um, the movie, while it is, like, like, obviously uncomfortable, gory, like, body horror, um, um, it's, like, suave, it's hot, it's sexy, the, like, the, like, scenes, the, like, interiors, the, like, I don't know, the, the, the way that things are shot is, like, 
super cinematic it's like almost european with like the lack of dialogue and um everything like looks sexy everything's like dripping with with like sex and suave totally suave is a good word for it yeah charles i really like what you touched on with like our relationship to the car and Mm -hmm. i thought that was like really central to um to the film and i started reading up on the film a little bit after watching it and reading what the um what the academics are saying about it what they're writing about it and there's like such a, a broad like you know the, the academics have been writing about this film yeah. and um i thought it was really interesting because a lot of them like link it to identity and like the the car and like the this is what i could gauge from it but as you were saying, like, the relationship to the car. And when I imagine cars in especially, like, the US and Australia, I imagine the car as, like, the the free choice um, vehicle of transportation. We're, like, using our own will to get into the car to go to wherever Mm. I want to. Mm -hmm. It's not the transport of the collective. It's the transport of the self. Um, It's, like, the liberal human subject's mode of transportation. And... um, and I guess, like, a lot of them were linking it to identity, and I didn't really... I, I honestly just didn't have the spoons to get through the, <laughs> the dense the ringing. And so I'm making this up on the spot now. From here on, it's made up, unreferenced. But what I was getting was that, like, there's also this sense of subculture in the film and this sense of, like, these people, like, coming mm. into this this subcultural, um, uh, <laughs> uh, erotic, likes car crashes uh world and like right. forming identities around it and the car crash like you know the, the, the sex happening in the car and the car being like this kind of symbol of identity and the crash being this moment of like you know all supreme like pain and pleasure for mm. these people which totally. um what's more identity than that you know there's what's nothing more, more identity? identity than like <laughs> A group cohering around like a shared, um, a shared so desire. A weird you know what sex I mean? Thing. Like, so why else like are we talking to each thing. other right now? Exactly. Okay, exactly. but like, but like that really brings me to the point where he's describing the car crash as like a fertilizing event, and mm-hmm. how it kind of like, um, it's kind of like a birth of like culture and um, sex and erotic sharing and and how identity is kind of the same thing when you create like borders around people and you create like groups and communities and all of these things you kind of are like fertilizing you know what i mean i don't know you're like, <laughs> trying to like Wait, just for okay, context, I, was... I have that quote written down should i read it out like and let's Go talk ahead. about this quote because yeah, i yeah, really yeah, think please. this vaughn character i think this yep. vaughn character was articulating like the thesis of the film i yep. think like he was definitely a vessel for Cronenberg to speak directly speak the to the subtext of yeah, the film. Exactly. The yeah, first thing, explain and, the meaning of the Exactly. Film. And and Vaughn like articulates two things. The first time around when he's explaining to Blondie, he says the reshaping of the human body by modern technology. Like that's what his project of that's crashing cars is about. Yeah. But then later he says, oh no, forget about that human body, modern technology thing. That's like just the sci-fi thing I put on the top. What this is really about is that there's benevolent psychopathy that beckons towards us. For example, the car crash is a fertilizing rather than a destructive event, a liberation of sexual energy 
mediating the sexuality of those who have died with an intensity that's impossible in any other form. Now, why does that read <laughs> like an ARCA caption? You know what it's I mean? It's an ARCA like academia oh that I couldn't God. get through after reading the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. watching the movie, no. you know? But what well, it like- makes me think... Oh, sorry. No, well, I was just going to say, like, it's, it's like, just, like, so male to me to be, like, when I'm coming in the cars, that's the fertilizing event, and actually the destruction is, like, because I was reading it through the, um, like, lens of, like, the death drive, obviously, Mm, you're, like, attracted to, like, the most intense and sublime point, like, right up before you die, um, which is the opposite of, um, the life drive as in to create or to fertilize, um, Mm -hmm. and the one quote that I thought was interesting because of its, like, like, um, because of the way it's articulated um, from um, The Ego and the Id by Freud, the hypothesis of a death instinct, the task of which is to lead organic life back to the inanimate state. And I think the mm. idea of animation is what is important there. And the fact that it's mm. like you, an animate person, are, are making animate a vehicle. You're at yep. the helm of the vehicle, you are driving the vehicle. Um, I think it's it's obviously about power. That's what sex is yeah. always about. And the fact that a person can get inside a car is actually like a like God complex Dr. Frankenstein conundrum. Uh-huh. It's not uh-huh. like about um, it's not about um, fertilizing. It's about like who is in control of like people dying and or staying alive. Um, who yeah. should have that power? And and the whole idea of a car crash like if you look at these kinds of like relationships the god complex you're talking about like the the idea of like a car coming alive animating when you when you sit in it it being like an extinct extension of your own limbs and mm-hmm. kind of moving in a way based on how you move within the car in this very transformers way the best way to put like we actually should life. be looking at transformers by michael bay <laughs> yuck the no, best way to put like life and living to the test is by dying. You know what I mean? Like you mm. come alive through dying in this, <laughs> this idea. Like, mm. yeah. And I like, just don't get it. And I'm, my like question is like, um, do Cronenberg's characters, are they like empowered to like, like, are they empowered to like decide their own self-destruction or are they like empowered to absolve themselves of that self-destructive urge by this like logic and reasoning? I don't know. Yeah, totally. But it's totally. just like, it's like in Crash um, when Charlie X says, Charlie XCX says, I'm high voltage, self-destructive and it also legendary. And that's the real like kernel of the idea is that death <laughs> is about glory. It's about right. being on the edge of glory. Right. Um, and does like she like the, by admitting that does she absolve herself is like being self-aware right. of your self-destructive urge the urge to crash the car drive the car off the road as Charlie XCX would say yeah yeah but also yeah. I think like I like I t- I think also on top of that the crash itself like and also I think like the fascination around looking at the crash is um it's like a reminder of like the ability to die. You know, there's something like haunting about <laughs> mm-hmm. Memento crash. Mori. Yes. Yeah, it's um, and I think like that's why it's so sublime to see a crash. And yep. so I think when Charlie yep. is saying like crash, like I think she's also there's almost this gesture to like 
the 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 flop era the idea of like the flop wow. era for she's, a pop star and yeah, she's almost like right. self-predicting it and being like i'm so sublime and also i like i'm predicting that i'm going to have a flop era at some point right I but like know. watch my crash be but that's the difference between crashing and like flopping is that mm. a flop is uh-huh. not spectacular no no, no, no. The like flop is maybe like, yeah exactly the car just stops running It's like the car stops running in the woods where no one can hear it. Whereas Mm, if you have mm -hmm. a car crash in front of an airport, everyone's going to know. Totally. Mm. If you have a car crash in the woods, did it Does anyone hear it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you have a car crash... Oh, (laughs) go ahead, Charles. Sorry. The whole, like, relationship between Charlie XCX and her fans, it kind of, like... We were talking about it before recording the pod when we were sort of, like... In, upon the release of the album, but this hyper-pop um, kind of nightmare that we're living in where <laughs> she's kind of got this, like, I don't know, abusive relationship with her audience and how does she negotiate that um, that power that's being that's shifting between her, like, audience and herself as the, like, artist or the muse. Um, and and this crash is, like, a kind of... Um, yeah, I don't know, like like you guys were saying. Um, is it like a non-event? Like, is like, does anyone care about this album? Is that what you're saying? Like, because the, the fans well, are so I annoying? also think it's important to recognise that this is her last album on her contract. Mm. And so I think she's trying to, in some sort of like, I don't know, maybe I'm giving her too much credit. I think she's trying to like talk about the kind of push and pull these monsters torture me kind of within the music industry and how she's like contractually obligated to make music. Then she's going to have people critique that music then she's going to wear a t-shirt that says only um you know they don't build statues statues of of critics critics. this kind of complex like um tug like she's being pulled in both directions she's being like thrown around in like a like she's like a stunt double almost um where she's like put in this like test car to like crash and like everyone gets to gawk at it. You know what I mean? The idea of like gawking mm. at destruction, gawking at failure, gawking at um, mm. death um, and and how the car crash and how pop music is kind of this like car crash or like a constant cycle of, um, of like watching of explosions and explosions, you know? Yeah. yeah. A spectacle, mm. exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know it's, if that makes I, any sense. And, but also, I, and I think that's like such a good reading of like the album because... This whole, like, the rollout of this album, unlike previous Charlie albums, which were often just spur of the moment, like, one day we just had Pop 2, one day we just had Mm -hmm. Charlie out. Like, there was never... I just don't remember an an album cycle having this long of a rollout from Charlie XCX, but this, like, album cycle was so um, riddled with criticism. People Mm -hmm. hated the songs that were coming out. To the extent where, and and I don't think it made, I don't think it helped the album that Charlie was like kind of trying to justify this to the fans. And honestly, as much as, you know, I would love to have the type of relationship between Gaga that Charlie has with the the hyper poppers. (laughs) Yeah. I think there needs to be a level of distance because it's cringe when Charlie XCX is coming out and being like, we're making more pop friendly music so that the avant-garde girlies can get onto the charts. I'm like, don't yeah. tell me about the maths and, like, the, the know, analytics behind gross. it. Yeah. Like, just make the music, so you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. all about the music. Yeah, and it's, it's a bit more than that. Music. It's, like, obviously <laughs> about the, like, fantasy of the music because we don't mm. want to be told that we're being sold the story. We want mm. to see the story. Um, totally. 
Well, can we can we just talk about what did everyone think of the album? Because the critics hate the album, you know? Like everyone is hating the album right now. What did everyone I think? like one song. I like one I like, song. I like I like two songs. <laughs> really? And that's all? <laughs> yeah. Personally, th- yes. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. When I listen to an album, I, I like something that feels like cohesive. Mm. Maybe it tells a story. I don't think Crash does. I don't think the mm. like sounds on it are particularly interesting. Um, I like Crash because it's like so high energy and fun. Something about it makes me smile. Um, and I like Baby. I think Baby like sounds is like pleasant to listen to. Um, mm. Am I gonna play it after having conducted my research for this podcast? No. <laughs> mm. And I'm a Charlie fan. Oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I've gone back and like listened to her old discography as a kind of like medication for um how i feel about the current for how you're feeling now yeah yeah Mm. for how i'm feeling now Mm. exactly (laughs) um yeah i don't know i don't think it's it i think she's um i think she's really like told on herself by fighting with fans on twitter and i don't like how Mm. she was saying you know you guys have to admit this is my most cohesive work and i'm like i'm just not into it i Um, i don't even like agree i think like i don't uh, agree either like Charlie was perfectly cohesive, even though that wasn't as like critically acclaimed. I think how mm. I'm feeling now is like amazing. Um, lyrically, sonically, yeah. cohesive. I think Pop Two is a really major pivot for her, and I think mm. if she sort of continued down that down that highway, um, if you will, <laughs> she would have had a really beautiful car crash. Yeah. Mm. I think, like, the album is cohesive to some extent. Like, I think she's pretty consistent with this 80s aesthetic, with these, like, padded synths, these huge kind of anthemic pop songs. But I just think... And I think the songs that are strongest on the album, like, in my opinion, I think the two strongest are Lightning and Crash. And I think the reason they have a strength is because they are drawing on these aesthetics but also like they feel contemporary and they feel present. And I feel like I can hear the, um, the, the fingerprints of, um, of that PC music producer who produces mm, all her music, AG Cook. Yeah. Cook. And I feel like I can hear his fingerprints, but I still think the album is like a party. And I feel like Charlie's music is actually, I think, and I'm not trying to be reductive to Charlie's music, but I just think at its core, it's driven by like, the feelings of parties, the feeling of dancing. It's like mm. about those feelings. I actually don't think, don't listen to any of her lyrics. Like the <gasps> lyrics are so broad no, I, and generic. No, I live. No, I live. No, I live because she like has this very like, and, and it goes with like the personality that she has online, which makes me think that it is like coming from Charlie XCX. Mm. I like the way that she's like focused, like it like, obsessing in her music about her like own self-destruction and i think Mm. that's the most like interesting part of this album specifically and how it relates Mm -hmm. to the idea of crash etc um Mm -hmm. and i do i don't know i think there's like something interesting in that there's some substance in that also like you don't like you want a memento mori pop star i do believe that like pop music is about dying um i kept thinking while like doing my analysis about this about that time lady gaga was asked if you could do one thing without consequence what would it be and she says die Mm. morbid and (laughs) quite beautiful Mm. yeah um yeah and okay and just like on death drive and on the movie just because i had this noted down um, cause I wanted to come back to it. We did mention like transhumanism before. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that 
in the movie we see this kind of like um this kind of like through line that says the closer that you get to death the the further you get from like being human um the like the characters are like driven from their aliveness from their humanness and the closer to death that they go the more Vaughn can like transform them into this like transhuman thing there's the Frankenstein transsexual boobs in the Jane Mansfield character um there's scars there's prosthetics um and they're all sexual they're all hot they're all oh there's the tattoos most importantly the like quote unquote mm-hmm. medical tattoos that look like engineering drawings of car parts um that are on like Vaughn and James's bodies that they're licking on each other. Um and that's them towing the line of death so that they can transcend being human. Yeah. It's part of the yeah. sci fi project. I I have a cute little quote from an article I read. Um the world of Crash is sterile and child free and the majority of sex acts are or are heavily implied to be anal, oral, masturbatory, incomplete, or otherwise of the non-productive leg-fucking variety. Whatever whatever species these people belong to, they are its last generation. (laughs) I like the idea of Doom generation. (laughs) Yeah. And particularly when you look at this film as like a 1996 turn-of-the-century story, when I was looking at a lot of reviews of the film... People are really corny and they're like, oh my God, he like predicted how we're going to use cell phones and they're going to be a part of our lives. And, and I saw this interview with David Cronenberg where someone in the audience got up and they were like, hi, like, how do you feel about, um, modern technology, um, invading our lives and taking over the world? And he was like, that's not the point of the film at all. He's like, um, I'm much more interested in like this, um, uh, kind of uh, mechanical, bodily, um, I don't know, like, I, I feel as though the, like, 21st century understanding of this, like, late 90s sentiment that was felt about um, sex and death and the turn of the century and the kind of climax of the year 2000 um, is something that's hard to bottle, particularly for people like us who really didn't live it. We were alive, but we didn't live it. Um, and to try to like understand that within the context of like contemporary technological development, I was reading a cute little, um, like book that I got, um, which is all about, what's it called? It's called Dirty Furniture. And it's all about like the iPhone and the mobile phone, the cell phone and, and it, it as like a sexual and erotic object and how like we, um, we kind of experience a lot of sex and sexuality and eroticization through the extension of this device that we're like holding that's a part like it's a part of so many of our sexual experiences and, and the, the documentation of it the um the connection we have to people all of these things and um someone was talking about like how do you like justify calling an iphone sexy like what makes it sexy do you intend to fuck it like what do you mean by sex and sexy and i think that this same relationship that humans have to their iPhone is like something that we are like seeing in the film with the relationship someone has to their car. Like it's, it's not a new idea. It's not, it's not anything radical, but like the kind of shapeliness of a car and the design and the, the womanliness of a car, the way that men speak of their car and they use 
she, her pronouns to describe it, the kind of sexuality of owning a car and this kind of like masculinity around like driving women and being in the driver's seat, having this God complex as, as Laura had kind of noted before. I think it's really interesting, but people were kind of making these really strange, like casting these strange aspersions about like what commentary crash was trying to predict. And I Mm. think, um, I don't know. I want to hear what you guys. That's so interesting. Cause that also in, I mean, I guess it like connects to this idea of like commodity fetishism to me, you know, like Mm -hmm. Marxist, uh, way in which a, I guess from what I remember of this, it's like the way in which I guess like a, a, an, an object that's like been produced through labor, like turns into a commodity and like, uh, accrues like a certain value that's beyond just like what the material itself, um, is worth. And that's what I'm hearing from this, you know, it's like connected to that as well. And I don't know that's all I had to contribute. Yeah. I don't, I I don't think that like aside, aside from like, aside from like the way that we see prosthetics and mutilation, like represent ideas about destruction. I think aside from that, I don't think the film's about materiality at all. I don't think it's about Mm. like cars or technology. Mm, I think it's mm -hmm. about like these like, conflicting desires and how they scare and excite us and how like the like the internal conflict between like fear and like arousal is is like terrifying and incites like crisis in like an individual or in the community or like in a relationship I think that it's about those like drives um rather than about like technology drives quite quite literally and drive the car <laughs> yeah, as yeah drives the car off the road yeah drive literally. the car and off the road <laughs> drive the car off the road and the car as an arena for that fear and like um and sexual tension because i think there is a strong sexual tension with like being on a highway and knowing that at any given moment if you like turn the wheel in the wrong direction someone comes too fast from behind you like someone something flies at you like you're you're at a con- you're in a constant state of like rationalizing being at the face of like disfiguration or complete mortification you know what i mean like yeah totally and like you're like not allowed to like tell the passenger that you're thinking about that no, <laughs> you're like no, 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 you're no, like no, no, never no. allowed to say that that's I'm never totally okay totally horny as fuck driving down woodville road to get oh to i know road. that's right <laughs> and i mean woodville road <laughs> when i say um, wood um but yeah and i was thinking about in terms of these like desires and what they're actually acting out with the cars is they're not just like they're not just like using the the Cronenberg the isn't just using cars to like represent something or using like playing with the cars or crashing to represent something he's actually telling us no these people are actually playing and they're actually like staging and like playing characters like they stage mm-hmm. the um the James Dean car crash and then they're planning to stage the Jane Mansfield crash um if Lady Di was dead they would have staged her car crash like what oh is God. like the like the psyche's urge to recreate these events what's like what's telling them to like go dress up and cross dress as jane mansfield like what what is the like like is it is it a glory thing you know i i really think it comes back to this idea of identity and like the car and its connection to identity through its being this 
this free willing mode of transportation. But is that is the like identity thing again like a commodity fetishism thing? Like, is it saying that like this and that aspect of the card denotes this and that about your identity? Is that what that is? Like, yes, I, I think so. I think that's exactly like I think the commodity fetishism aspect of the kind of sex associated with the car is totally linked to to the way in which um, Cronenberg kind of creates this group of people and this group of characters who clearly have this subculture within themselves and and, a, and like a history and, and a series of references that creates an identity in and of itself. I, yeah. I just don't really understand where like, I'm like kind of, and I feel like I'm work, we're working towards it and I yeah. don't know what is there, but I'm, I'm not understanding what I guess the relationship between the sex and like the blisses and the thrills and these like really affect driven emotions in mm-hmm. these sexual encounters that they're having within the cars, what that has to do with the ident- with like these aspects of identity that I feel like are so salient in the film. Even You're the telling me have, like, what I'm like hearing from you is that the car crushes are self-expression and the message is <laughs> be yourself. <laughs> okay, yeah, but yourself like, let me orgasmic just... to be yourself. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> the, the, that it's like a euphoric experience to dress up as Jane Manf- Mansfield. Um, mm. I... I have to say, like, I know we're kind of, like, ebbing and flowing back and forth with the, like, idea of... Coming and going. (laughs) Coming and going, like, stopping and starting, revving and slowing down um, with the idea of, like, materiality and the the identitarian aspect of, like, cars and automobiles, whatever. And I think that one particular scene that's really important, and you're talking about this feeling of, like, thrills and, like, affect and... And how does that how does that intersect with the materiality of the car and why why the car? I think about this these I think it was two scenes where we have or just one in particular I'll highlight where there are like the three characters the kind of love triangle they're all in their own vehicle right which kind of says to us like what Lev was saying before about like individuation like um, free will kind of um, identity and like the ways in which we like. Uh, create lines between ourselves and others and in terms of our identity and and what makes us um, who we are, whatever. Um, And so you have the the wife who is um, driving in her Porsche, um, the scary Vaughn guy who's driving in his, and they, they talk a lot about his car and what that car represents about him, how it, how it speaks to who he is. What is his, why does he drive that car, which I think is like the same type of car that JFK died in. It's a really massive, low to the ground convertible. Um, and, and then obviously James Spader's character is also driving and it's this kind of like cuckoldry thrill, right? Where he's like, there's a sense of danger that you feel as though Vaughn is about to kill the wife. He's like going to ram in from behind, which also like says, suggests to me that like anal sex is like a form of like cuckoldry and like, you know, <laughs> you don't, you don't see someone coming from behind you and they stab you in the back deep down. You know what I mean? Um, but then he's kind of, it's kind of this like heroism of like protecting his wife from the like, rapist slash Vaughn car crash man. But then there's also this like aspect of desire that's tied in with it. And you see that eventually come to life in later scenes where they do, um, where he's in, he's like driving them. Firstly, he's like their sex chauffeur while they're in the car wash. And I thought one of the most interesting parts was this very deliberate scene that Cronenberg 
made us sit through, which was the coming to life of the convertible, where the back of the thing rose up and became a ceiling and the windows rose um, up. And it kind of like felt as though the car was like living and was a part of this sexual experiment where it was um, changing, transforming to kind of suit their needs that they could privately have sex in the middle of a car wash. Then you sit through the whole fucking car wash, which to me was like this very sexual tension of like, you know, soap suds and like crashing and like, like, um, screeching sounds and this, um, scrubbing and, and pressure and, um, all of the like collisions of different like textures and shapes and, and how it like pushes and, and, and that noise obviously muffles sex noises and people fucking in a car while the husband is literally driving as the Uber driver. You know what I mean? That to me was like such an interesting moment. And maybe that, kind of helps us to situate how this like affect and and these thrills are um are related to the car and and why why the car what is the like um significance of it i don't know when when it came to life i was like oh my god this is wild when this back part kind of stuff i don't know how to describe that it was like when um Bumblebee seduces Megan Fox for Shia LaBeouf in Transformers when they Jesus no, Christ, I don't know what I'm talking about. Transformers? No, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, but I'm I'm not kidding. I'm there's sure like, it would be better than Lara Croft Tomb Raider TBH. But also in Transformers there's so many like moments where the cars do things like that. Like they do They and like seduce like, each other and make each other laugh. They play with each other and they also fight and kill each other. No, they do. And they also fuck each other. The cars <laughs> fuck no, each other. Really? <laughs> there's, okay, that's going to be there's one of our like also additional <laughs> No way, I don't want to set you up with that expectation. There's no Transformers sex scenes, at least... Megan in the, in the, Fox wait, double feature no. incoming. <laughs> but I will say there are parts where there's like sexual tension happening between characters and um, the cars will... You know, like suddenly the window wipers will like erect. And then it, it breaks the, the tension, and it's like a, a hard cock and dick, and it like mm, makes right. you think about ejaculation mm-hmm. and getting hard. Yes, right. the girl cars sex. will open up their like you know the the gas hole. Their back you know end, I mean? yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> They're pipes it's and holes. I just don't think parents should be letting their kids watch Transformers these days. You know what no, I mean? It's an Easter egg. It's like with all those Disney movies where they're like for kids, but then they have these really dirty lines. Totally. That you watch as an adult and you're like, whoa. Yeah, and it's like if you liked Cars, you'll love Crash. Mm, yeah, and, and if you exactly. liked Crash, you'll love Titan. <laughs> <laughs> if you love Titan, you'll love Transformers. <laughs> yeah, that's the exactly. Horseshoe Theory of car yeah. sex now, movies. I want one of these movies to have an electric car in them. Where are the electric cars? There, there are just no electric cars in sight in these movies. And you laughed and said you didn't want to be the Prius when I said you were the Prius of the Charlie XCX songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I said, I said, um, Lev was like the Prius of whatever song that is of how I'm feeling now. I think it's forever. Um, mm. And then I'm obviously the Lavender Lamborghini because I'm Italian. Um, and <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I forget what I'm even talking about. You were the blue Ferrari. I don't fucking know anymore. The white Mercedes. Blue boy. White Mercedes. White Mercedes. I'll, I'll take the white Mercedes. That checks um, out. I was looking back at some old Charlie videos and Jesus Christ, she's really obsessed with cars. There's that one video where she's got a car just like hanging um, with like a... With like a 
crane. There's just a awesome. convertible mm. like <laughs> hanging in the sky, and mm. then um, she like blows it up, and it's like, whoa, that's so gnarly. It's like I really think incredible. that crash. There's an element of it like. People just want to see something like gnarly. They just want to see something explode. You know, all of those like TikTok kind of that genre of TikToks that are like literally like glass smashing and people are in, want to watch it in slow motion. You know, right. what is that? Or it's like weird um, abject fascination with things breaking. <laughs> like when you go to the like Easter show and they do like monster truck things and they like ride the right. monster trucks around and then shoot fire off the monster love, trucks. Love, love, live, love. Live, live, live. I, I like when Charlie does the thing with the cars, and I was thinking about this today, so I was talking to myself while driving to, I think, the most cursed place in Sydney, UNSW Kensington campus, and no, as I was team. talking to myself, I was articulating what I think about Charlie XCX, and I really think all of Charlie XCX's music is about parties, I really do think this, and earlier <laughs> I was saying, like, don't, don't really listen to the lyrics, I don't mean to say, like, don't listen to her lyrics, they're bad, but as in, like, I think the lyrics are just, like, a vessel to get, like, the feeling of the party. And I think cars are important in this equation of the party because you're in the car to get to Prees. You're partying yeah. in the car. It's yeah. it's exactly like that other song by Frank Ocean that we, we learnt about in post-porn one time. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. The bitches yeah, want Nikes. Nikes. And da, da, da. Yeah, and, and there's this whole section about, like, cars and, like, cars are, like, these intimate spaces. We've cried in cars. We've partied in cars. You know, I've, I've been angry in a car. The car is, like, <laughs> as much... Go on. Sorry, is this a, is so Charlie. Go on. You. you know, we're, like, in the car going vroom, vroom, and it's, like, as much a part of the party as the actual party is. Totally. <laughs> so and that's true. not on that. I'm sorry, but that's like my reading. You know? No, that's simply facts. I like it. Mm. I like it. Mm. Can I tell mm. you guys um, a fun fact that I learned about the film? Um, go ahead. Just to go back to Cronenberg when I was watching an interview, he was saying he gave a special, like, um, uh, what's it called? Like an exclusive to this. It was like a TIFF um, Toronto music uh, film festival, and he was um, with this actor actor Vigo Mortensen um they were presenting Crash like years and years and years later like in the I don't know maybe it was like 2015 or around then um I'm probably wrong about that and um he said actually the crutches that Rosanna Arquette uses in the film they're still in his bedroom and they've always been in his bedroom because he had a hernia at that point in time and he needed the crutches. So he was using the very same crutches that Rosanna Arquette. Um... Okay, she's got to be... He, either he's really short or she's really tall. Okay, I love that that's what you're thinking. But I was just thinking... He doesn't have a hernia. He's been, like, using those crutches for, like, thrills in the bedroom for the last 30 years. <laughs> and <laughs> I just thought it was wild. I just wanted to bring it up before... <laughs> That's so interesting. That is so funny. I would keep Rosanna Arquette's crutches too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can I read a quote I found from Cronenberg? Yes. Yes. So it's, look, the quote is, this man, you know, he's writing like, like one of these academics that I don't understand. You know what I mean? It's just way too dense. But there's this one line that he's pretty much talking about the characters in Crush. And he says, these characters are exhibiting a psychology of the future. 
Now, what does firstly, that mean? <laughs> should I read the whole quote? Who wants to do I think it's yeah. like I think it's saying that like Crash is my Mad Max, and actually, like when we see people like fully let go of their inhibitions and explore their drives to their fullest extent, that is the psychology of the future. It's individual, it's uninhibited, it's dangerous, and it is sublime. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. No, I think you just articulated like actually the connection between identity and and those... Mad Max and driving around, you know, huge vehicles and doing lesbian shit in them. No, and like this sex as well, you know, like yeah. it's not actually like it's Tina Turner actually. <laughs> Wait, she no. was in the original Mad Max. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, the am- sorry, the just pop bitches in cars. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, oh, bitches. Um, you know, talking about that's hot- to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I, I just. <laughs> yeah, I I was just saying, you know, would it be an episode of the pod with me on if we didn't talk about Lady Gaga somehow? If we didn't squeeze that lady into our conversation in some mm-hmm. way or another? And I was gonna say, what's the connection between Cronenberg's crash, Charlie X's crash, cars, all of this talk of machines with Gaga being? the machine, the motorbike on the cover of Born This Way, and Gaga also, mm-hmm. another car reference that I think is notable is in the Marry the Night music video, the scene where she's in the car and there's explosions, and it's an incredible, beautiful, sublime scene. I love that. I um, think my connection is that, you know, we were talking about the car, the liberal human subjects machine, This, and I think, you know... What is Born This Way, the album, about, if not individuality and being yourself and expressing yourself? And, <laughs> and self-expression. She is, she is being the thing. She's being the machine that is expressing itself, you know? Yeah, but it's also about the roads, the highways. I mean, she Literally. thanks these things in the in the little, like, libretto, whatever, in the mm. thank yous of Born This Way. Um, she says on, you know, Highway to Love... Um, we can be strong, we can be strong, follow that unicorn on the road to love. And that refrain is, get your hot rods ready to rumble because we're going to fall in love tonight. Um, what connection and affinity she actually has to cars, I don't know, because at this time she did not have a license, which I think is important (gasps) to note. She only became a licensed driver in 2017, I want to say. Yeah, it was... And she's also a lifelong New Yorker, and aren't New Yorkers notoriously not drivers? Yeah, notoriously a non-driving population. Well, let's roll back to Joanne and the documentary where she literally crashes into Mark Ronson's car. Yeah. She's a bad driver, just like me. She's a bad driver, and and she also gets stoned and drives. (laughs) Never get in a car with Lady Gaga, guys. I would do a lot of things with that woman. Getting in a car is not one of them. Was Sorry, she turned what? on when she Well, that I can't speak to. <laughs> turned on? I'm just more comfortable this way, like, <laughs> naked in her car, like, stoned. I'm just more comfortable this way. Um, no, but can we just, like, bring it back to the film for a moment? Like, when you said, don't get in a car with Lady Gaga, the moment they, like, got in the car with Vaughn in the film, I was like, what? Like, you girly. Scary. Don't get into the car with the car crash master. Okay. No. Who, who, which I? person are you getting into the car with from the movie? Oh, you need to get Holly in with Hunter. one For person. Me personally, who are you getting in with? Holly Hunter. I think she's mm. interesting, and I want to know more. I think I would want to be driving Rosanna Arquette around, mm. but not letting Rosanna Arquette drive you around. No. 
I think I'm I think I'm diving off in the deep end and getting in with Vaughn. Yes, it's, you are. I knew you same, would say that. It's very, like, I, knew I know, you'd but say that. It's, it's it's very like Adam Driver to me. You know, I'm attracted to him for the same reason I'm attracted to Adam Driver. Uncut. Um, <laughs> guys, can you check the meme? I made a meme um, after watching the film and I sent it in the chat. Can you guys check it out? And um... oh no, not a live react. All right, let's go. Okay, let me just explain. It's the it's the meme where it's like the girl is getting married and then her like guest at the wedding does not recognize her. <laughs> so, so the girl the girl who's getting married who is in a black dress grieving in this meme presumably says your man used to fuck me no, in the back the seat one. of your it's car. The oh, the girlie in the pink dress who might have amnesia says your man used to fuck me in the back seat of your car. And then the girlie in the black dress says I know. I was driving. Remember? <laughs> the girl in the pink dress says, right, right. I forgot. Sorry. My memory's not been the same since the accident. Girl in black says, it's okay. Glad you could make it to the funeral. Yeah. So I just, I was thinking a lot about that meme where she's like, your man used to eat my ass. I know I was the one holding the camera. Well, thanks for coming to the wedding. To the wedding. But I like changed the color of the dress because <laughs> I was like, um, you know, this is. This it's not appropriate to, to be wearing a white gown. No, exactly. Not to a we- not to a funeral. This says to me cuckoldry. This says to me three way. This says to me um, technology and its um, position in the sex act. And it says mm. to me um, amnesia, born- accidents, and death. It's Vaughn and, and, and the blondie having a conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, I just wanted mm-hmm. to show And, of course, gay marriage was on the horizon in the 90s. It hadn't happened yet. They're at the gay, <laughs> ma- they're at the gay car crash wedding between Vaughn <laughs> and the, and the That's other That's what Vaughn this way was. Yeah. <laughs> that was fighting for gay rights. For gay cars yeah, rights. fighting for gay car crash gay- um, <laughs> homosexual <laughs> rights. Wait. No, but if you think about it... <laughs> So we have. So to nobody it, died like, in the car um, crash. <laughs> no matter, get straight up by car crash amnesexual. <laughs> car crash amnesia tonight. Um, no, a car crash can be one of two ways, right? It can be like front on both sides. Yeah, that's obviously heterosexual car crashes. Mm. But rear ending someone, that is a very gay car crash. <laughs> now, which ones? Wait, which ones missionary? That's front. Front. Oh, right. okay. a frontal collision. No, now, I'm what's T bone? If you do like back to back, like, you reverse into each other. That says no, to I, me like I had done that two one bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> that says to me two bottoms mm, rubbing mm. their taints up against each other just for the fun of it. You know what I mean? Mm, mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think you know, like a, a double decker like London bus is reverse cowgirl, right? <laughs> no. <it's- laughs> I know I'm snorting on the pod again. <laughs> no, you got me snorting on the pod. <laughs> oh my god. Do we have anything else left to say? Um, that's everything from me. Look, yeah. um, you know, I'm I all I have to say is I'm looking forward to see what Charlie's next step is. You know, this is a big thing for her to finish fight you know, the 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 major label contract it's done by mm. Atlantic Records. I'm keen to see what the next thing is. Bye bye and... Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> <That> was... 
on my brief trip to Columbia Records. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, and you know I'm looking forward to what um what David Cronen to the next David Cronenberg film I have the luxury of watching. Right. Yeah, so I've only ever seen one of his films. I've seen Maps to the Stars, which is really quite fabulous. You guys would Mm. like it. But I'm really interested to watch um, Dead Ringers. I tried Dead Ringers. Oh, you tried? It was was like too weird sex movie for me. I don't know. Uh. I like it when they like do twin actors and stuff. But it was just like, basically these two... I'm not going to get into it. These two guys are gynecologists. You can figure out the rest. They'll be doing weird (laughs) shit to women's vaginas. Twin gynecologists. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sounds that bitches in the colleges busted yeah. up before me gonna Medical misogyny nightmare. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know that it's like too close. It's too close to home for me. Mm. Um, no, there's something scary about that. Um. Anyway, um, we can be strong. <laughs> we can be strong. I follow that unicorn, <laughs> unicorn on the road to love. Let's seal it with a loving kiss, guys. Yeah, let's seal it with a loving crash. Mm. Bam! <laughs> 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 Bang! <laughs> <laughs>